That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. Hi, beautiful. Hi, beautiful. I'm excited to see you guys. Are you having like special Emmy press that you have to do? Not really, because in Hollywood, writers don't count for shit unless they're like also directors or if it's like a major film or something. It's the afternoon awards, right? Oh, no, excuse me. We are prime time. (laughs) Wow. Girl. We're about to get booted off this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You're not the technical. It's not the CGI No, it's not the technical. It's not the Saturday night one. It's the Sunday night one. It's not the one that Emmys. It's not the Eileen Davidson giving you No, 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 no. Exactly. (laughs) No, exactly. It's prime time drunk fest. Yes, but unfortunately, we can't go because COVID restrictions have them limiting the number of people. And so, you know, like, yeah, I was like bummed because my mom ordered me an outfit from Nigeria. Yeah, then we can't go. So You were going to be like Wendy Osefo. I'll never say that. Ever, ever, ever. What are you trying to do? Start a fight this early on in the episode? My God. No. You're gonna be and like you weren't gonna go with Happy and Ness. Oh my! No. no, we were not cutting. We were not cutting my titties out. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm excited to wear the outfit someplace else. Maybe I'll actually get married or something, and then you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. that's so well, funny i'm so happy you were able to come on today to talk about rojasas of potomac and oh our nails match are you wearing peach color by the way yeah are it's you're... like a peachy i have a peach gel manicure kind of thing going oh my god me so. too i have nothing going i have <laughs> yeah what do you have against peach what's wrong with you oh uh, i know you both talked about it you did not you did not include <laughs> I didn't text you. Yeah, we didn't text you. I didn't, you we didn't text me on the peach nails. And are we both wearing olive t-shirts as well? What's happening? No, mine is gray. Is All right. Yeah. I was just looking for a way to tag team Artie the way you that Giselle and Robin do. No, I know how. We're both in our 30s. That's the way that we do. Fuck you all. <laughs> you, and a fi- you and your firebox cute <laughs> Uh, yeah, I spent a good amount of time in Sing Sing as well. That's great. Bus stop right outside Sing Sing. You have to catch the It's whatever Cameron wants to get Sing to be. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if I want to show my vagina, I will. If I want to show my pubic hair, I will. You know what? I love Karen and I think that Robin and Giselle are miserable, but I do not want to see Karen's pubic hair. No, she mm. does that. She, the pubic hair moment, if we can just dive in there. <laughs> Let's just do it. Is the same as the Sing Sing moment. You knew that the conversation did not include her. She was gonna she was gonna come in and say something outrageous that would be part of the Bravo history and yes. it would be in the archives and it would be about Karen's pubic hair. She knew what to say just to diffuse the situation, make a funny, but at the same time take the attention away from Giselle. 
Yeah. She's, uh, I love Karen too, but I find her irksome in her obsession. Not obsession. I don't want to say obsession. She has a fixation on Giselle. I think there's, well, you know, I'm a Kenya stan. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> This may be yeah. a good time to introduce who our guest is. Oh, yeah. People who, who are guests are, they're reading the the name of the episode, which will have Ray's <laughs> name like, on it. Kenya Stan. The Kenya Stan. <laughs> yeah, the Kenya Stan. <laughs> the one and only Kenya Stan yeah, that's left me, on. Excuse me. There's a contingent of 16-year-old gay black boys who follow me on Twitter who are also team twirl. Okay? You know who's a little bit of a baby twirl? Who? Candace. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Candace is a baby twirl. She's a baby Kenya. She's a baby twirl. Is she a Kenya stan? Do you mean baby twirl? Like she's a Kenya stan or baby twirl? Like she's a little bit of a Kenya. Oh, she's like a, she's Kenya junior. Oh, I wouldn't give her that yet. I don't find her, um... I don't find her interesting enough. Mm, Interesting. I actually find Giselle to be the Kenya. I mean, for sure. And but that also surprises me. I mean, they work together, but that surprises me about Giselle's relationship with Portia because Giselle doesn't seem to suffer fools a lot. I wonder why she puts up with Portia. Probably because of the pay. Yeah, because I was like, (laughs) I was like, why is she at this party celebrating Simon? Like she would never do that. (laughs) That's right. She She, like she she would never. She would never (laughs) do that. If yeah. some woman started dating, I don't know, if some even Ray, she would be pissed. If yeah. somebody you know, I was like, yeah, What? Yeah. yeah What's sure. going on here? But anyway, I am a Kenya Stan. We like to set the stage for our listeners. Oh yes. But about I'm the a kind Kenya... of takes that are gonna be happening today. You are going to receive a Kenya you will receive me maybe bringing up Kenya for no fucking reason other than I love her. And I stand Giselle and Robin, though I found them rather off-putting this episode. Mm-hmm. And I can't stand Wendy. Oh, no, I can't stand Wendy. <laughs> and I think I'm mostly neutral on Ashley and Candace. And I don't really think I like Mia and Mescala. Mm. That's it, right? Mm. We, we yeah, get that okay. out of what the way. What about Karen? I love Karen, mm. but she's a nut job. I love her the way I love Luann. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Aside from blackface. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Karen can piss me off more than Luann pisses me off because Karen is You expect more out of Karen than you do out of Luann. I do. And and also yeah. there's a difference between a delusion and a lie. Yeah. And I think Karen does a lot more lying than delusion in terms of ratio than yes, Luann yes. does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Karen is smarter than Luann in some aspect of housewifery. Luann Luan lucks out where Karen is more deliberate. Calcul- yes. I think Karen is irking me this season because Giselle is getting the Kenya edit. And I think she might be more deserving of the Kenya edit than Kenya is. But Giselle's getting the Kenya edit. And I think every single woman on the cast has figured out that the way to be fan favorite is to go at Giselle. And I think Karen is taking that lesson too far. Mm. Interesting. Well, that's great. So let's let's pick up where we left off last week on Real Housewives of Potomac. We're in Williamsburg with Karen and Giselle fighting while enjoying a what seems like a lovely lunch buffet. That spread looked (laughs) amazing. It looks so good. And Karen wants Giselle to apologize. Giselle wants Karen to apologize. And the whole thing is 
just silly. It's just so silly to watch. And you know that even the people that are sitting there besides Robin, they all think it's pretty fucking silly too. Yeah. After the heaviness of Beverly Hills and New York, this is mm-hmm. exactly the palate cleanser we want. It's a petty fight about nothing. <laughs> I also like Giselle does not get enough credit for being funny in my opinion I don't want Ray to die I want Ray to live I want Ray to pay his bills it's amazing it's amazing it is amazing amazing from a person whose ex is being indicted about not paying his bills she didn't know that when she said it so it still gets to be funny it does exactly yes but Giselle often says something that by the time it airs it's usually guiding her in the ass which is like another thing about Giselle that I love like people don't think that Giselle is there to be made fun of or she doesn't want people to talk about or whatever but like just last episode the producer asked her did Jamal would you and Jamal divorce because you shat while you were giving birth and she thought it was like the funniest thing in the world yes so Giselle is yes. there to be made fun of. She's, she's fine with she's, it. She's self-aware. Yes. I think that she, uh, listen, I think people bring their own baggage to TV characters all the time. And I just think that people bring their history and traumas with mm-hmm. mean light-skinned girls yes. to this show in a way that doesn't make sense to yeah. me, truly. The same way that they bring their baggage. I don't know why Candace pisses the audience off so much. Mm-hmm. I truly don't understand it. But I there's something about, I don't know, maybe because I'm not a white woman, I don't notice it when I watch the other franchises, but I feel like the way some Black folk bring their Black people baggage to the Real Housewives, you know what I'm saying? It's really intense. Well, what do you <laughs> like think about really- this? On Twitter and social media, they believe that the reason why there is a clear sort of baggage bringing on by people of color while watching Real Housewives of Potomac is based in colorism. That there is something I think it's there. present. Yeah. yeah. I think it's present, right? Mm-hmm. That's not me denying the existence of it in real life or on the show, right? Mm -hmm. I think that even if there isn't active, like, cruelty in the way of colorism, there's just a difference in the world the way the world treats uh, people who look like Giselle and Robin, they I thought Robin was a white woman when I first watched the, oh, the yeah. show. Like the first episode, yeah. thought Shorty was a white woman. And Giselle looks like black. She looks like mm-hmm. a black woman to me, but she's very clearly like Creole or mixed with something. Mm-hmm. And they're in upper class black circles. It matters. And the way they carry themselves, it shows all through that. I think maybe colorism had something to do with it, but there's also classism Mm -hmm. in the way that they treated Monique. I think even Wendy to some degree. And I think Wendy is off-putting in her attempt to achieve her way into getting to be classist. I don't understand the resentment of Candace because I'm going to draw a parallel with something that's probably entirely irrelevant. But did you see that Dr. Dre's daughter is homeless? I didn't. No. Okay. So there was like a whole big conversation on uh, black internet spaces that I saw that people were talking about Dr. Dre's daughter and how, you know, even though he hadn't seen her in person in 17 years, he was paying her bills up until last year. And I think she spoke to the press during his divorce with her stepmom. And so he stopped paying for everything. And now she was living out of a car while her four children, and I think with four different baby daddies or three, I don't know, were staying with friends. 
And to me, it was very clear that she might have led her life in a way that would, you know, be irresponsible or whatever. But if your dad's a billionaire, he should take care of the minimum. And every sort of black space online, and I'm not trying to like talk shit about black people in front of two uh, Daisy women. So this might be complicated. but, But it was like weird. Like there was a an aggressively tough love measure. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. like, she's grown. She had them kids. She should go get money. And I'm like, or, you know, if your dad's a billionaire, you don't think you'll ever live in a car and you don't set yeah. up your life to be that way. And so I was wondering if the people in those comments yes. were the people bringing their aggression yes. to Candace yes, they are. because they resent her for being, quote unquote, spoiled. Yes. And I'm just kind of like, or if your parents got it, they should help you. And if I had it and my kids needed it, I would help them. Yeah, this is yeah. actually a perfect thing to bring in front of Daisy women. Yes. Because in our communities, we expect the parents to take care of the kids if they are not self-sufficient and they have issues and they have other kids and they are poor. Regardless of how much they may be abusing the parents, the parents would still take care yeah. of the oh, children. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? No. no, no, we wouldn't have where, that. Yes, exactly. Kids. So it's to the other extreme yeah. where the parents... Oh, so you think you guys have more patience for Candace than maybe other people might? We right. probably do, yes. We have far more patience for Candace, but it's interesting that you're bringing this up because I made a passing comment because it just like came up in my head on Twitter and then the Twitter blew up. The mentions went bananas because Candace ended up retweeting it. And it was this idea that people were celebrating Mia for being a quote unquote boss bitch. But Candace was made fun of for seasons upon seasons because her mother co-signed her townhouse. All of the fighting that happened on that t- Twitter thread were probably it's the still same happening. It's still happening. Yeah, it's, I had to mute it. <laughs> <laughs> you had to mute the thread. But Twitter it is, was Twitter the, is still happening. <laughs> but it was probably the people that you're talking about with Dr. Dre's daughter that are obsessed with this idea that we need to struggle. Everybody needs to yeah. struggle. And if you're not yeah. struggling, then you're a real piece of shit for not struggling. Yeah, it's yeah. like you need to basically. Yeah, we've been brainwashed by capitalism. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah. we have to accept that our place is never going to be the top where we own the capital. Yes. <laughs> we right. have to generate it, right? Yeah. Right. And and then also, I think maybe there's an element of like Black people knowing that uh, for the most of us, that kind of generational wealth is almost impossible. Mm -hmm. And there's a resentment of those who get it, Mm -hmm. you know, even if it's not like you didn't learn to work hard, like even if that were true and a valid criticism, it's also, I'll never get there. Yeah. Yeah. As well. But also in some sense, that's not really, it's not wrong. It's just the way it is. It's what people feel. It's human nature. That's what you feel. Sure. I think I just, I resent the baggage bringing, right? Mm -hmm. Because that is true of the world that we live in, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not true in this world that we are watching because the world was specifically curated to find people who fit a certain socioeconomic class and we're going to resent them. Like, I know it's supposed to poke fun at it, right? but the vitriol with which people come at Candace is alarming to me, I think. It's like very alarming. And we've all agreed 
agreed that this show is going to be full of bogus women mm-hmm. being bogus. Mm-hmm. And we're going to work within that premise. And I think for some aggressive reason, they remove both the green eyed bandits and Candace from the premise. They just bring them into the real world and hate them as real people. Yeah. That stresses me out it, a lot. It, it, does, I don't see it takes it the fun out of it. Franchises. Yeah. yeah. I don't see it in like the Potomac online since last season has gotten so toxic. And this used to be fun to tweet about. I used to have so much fun tweeting about Instagram is a little bit more fun. Yeah, in the, I think, in the I think Potomac you just areas. Need to, yeah, tweet, <laughs> yeah, you tweet, need to come over. Twitter, yeah, you, you're just in the wrong medium. Because <laughs> and also, unfortunately, you because you know because the world is dumb. As we've talked about pretty much every time you've been on the pod, we've talked about how Twitter is becoming insane. I think that mm-hmm. there's a group of crazy people who just want to fight with you about anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anything. Anything. I, I've learned that it's not me. It's the blue check. It is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it is. The minute exactly. you have any take, they're like, who the fuck is this bitch talking? Yeah. Like one week you could say, I love How'd Karen. How you get the, next the blue week... check, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. You, know, often you they, come I don't from, even know you. Yeah, you come you... from a place of privilege because you have a blue check. <laughs> no, yeah. low key. They call us blue check blacks. Like we're in a different <laughs> class or something. It's so crazy. Like anytime, anytime a person with a blue check who is black says something that another black person without a blue check likes, it's a quote T. These blue check blacks keep losing their minds. I'm like, what does that even mean? You say blacks with an S, that makes you the racist. No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's you and Sonia Morgan calling us black. I don't know what the hell. Let's go. Let's go back to the boxes that people want to put Candace and Giselle and Robin into. They are like putting them into certain boxes. They're also putting Wendy into a certain box. Okay, what box would you think that is? They are putting her into the elite, educated, bougie black person who's who's going to mm-hmm. have to inspire the rest of the generation and therefore has <laughs> to be in a certain way and has to present herself a certain way for I mean, her to I think be Wendy deserving of the Here's the thing. I have to disagree with you about Wendy asking for it because the, Mia okay. says, so So this episode, let me just do a quick overview and because we're all over the place. Oh yeah, we should talk about the show we watched. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about the show we watched. I'm sorry. The ladies are on Williams Karen and Giselle argue over lunch then they just have Candace for some reason is the voice of reason which is you know alarming to several people but not for me who's always loved Candace from the beginning cottage versus estate situation and honestly the situation in the cottage felt like to me like elder abuse because nobody should be making Karen lug anything up any <laughs> stairs that was fucked up <laughs> We did get a glimpse on Ashley and her stupid predator husband being obsessed with wine. I'm done with them filming this Done! I'm shocked that that man got to come back on camera. Why is he on camera? And and far be it for me to be like, it's not fair how the world treats men. But (laughs) if he had groped a woman, Mm -hmm. this man would be gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. This man has groped several men. Mm-hmm. Continues to pick on one. Yes. I don't know if he's right? picking so on him or like, wanting to. Either way, I actually found his conversation with Ashley so out of line. Yeah. So out of line. Like, I know that I'm very partial to Robin. That's my boo. But, like, aside from that, you 
are a groper. Yep. You don't get to sit here and kiki and haha about how her, how Ashley's coworker is not getting loved on by her man. You weirdo. You were at a party <laughs> where you started fights yes. about it. Mm-hmm. Like you really started a fight because a man that you met through this TV show is marrying a person he knew since he was seventeen. Are you not? <laughs> are you okay? Yep. Yep. Are you okay? <laughs> And and it was like such a non sequitur. And, he, and yeah. he went off on the Bravo producers, threatened yes. to punch them. Do you remember? And do you remember then how, they still um, have him on the show. Yeah. And do you remember how creepy he was that one reunion when that season when the women went at it the most aggressive was that season three where they were all in the white at mm-hmm. the reunion. Uh huh. And he was like standing over the balcony staring. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's physical intimidation if yep. you ask yep. me. Yeah. And then he groped an employee yep. of the production company. Very first scene of him groping was Katie's boyfriend. Katie's boyfriend, Andrew, right? Yeah. Whatever. And so then I'm sitting here being like a YouTuber that I love. Her name's Erica De Niro. She says, this is Ashley and his shared white privilege. Yes. Because mm-hmm. Ashley, as a biracial woman who doesn't appear white, but doesn't necessarily look the blackest, she's in this relationship with a rich white predator, the only white predator on the show. Mm-hmm. And then Bravo gets to giggle it off and she gets to help him mm-hmm. rehabilitate his image three seasons. I don't understand. I don't understand it. And I don't think that if Eddie Osefo tried any of the shit that he would Michael Darby tried. He would get, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Eddie Osefo doesn't even have to have an affair. He's already blacklisted. Yes. Like, I he's already being talked shit about. Right. Because there I don't is, think he's yeah, his he's wife, not. By the way. Like, he's not. Not at all. Yeah. He's not. The rumors seem but, very absurd to me. But yes, I'm so done with Michael Darby. Yeah. And there, God forgive me, it's not nice to talk about children, but Dean is one interesting looking looks, kid. Okay. Like John C. Riley. He looks like John C. Riley. Shake and bake, bitch. It's like, oh Dean. my God. Especially in his suit, like in his shirt. He looks like John C. Riley in Chicago. Yes. Wait, because he's got, yes, he's got the widow's peak and the little curls. Yeah. He looks oh like, and look, I don't mean that in a terrible way because I love John C. Riley. I like Baby Dean, and I certainly like <laughs> both of them more than Michael Darby, who he also yes. looks like. So I think John C. Riley is the better one. But yeah, that baby is. Did you see when Ashley was like, Michael, I think this baby looks like, like me. me. Yeah. <laughs> Michael was you. like, yeah, this one looks like me. She was like, he was, was like, like, Dean looks like, like me. No, I'm that like, was Ashley Dean. praying. Okay. That was Ashley <laughs> saying a prayer. I was saying that last, last week when she said, she looked at the baby and she said, I didn't feel comfortable about the baby. But then when I looked at him, I felt like he belongs to our family. I'm like, she was just dreading looking at him. <laughs> yeah, Michael right, face. Michael. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, thank God. Thank he God. looks like me. Yeah. Also, have you noticed like when Ashley's having these conversations with Michael and I don't know if I've just I've always picked up on it. She's always holding back like a a nervous grin because they're staged. That's why they're so fucking staged. It's It's so so bad. 
and she is she knows she's like holding back her next line that she yeah. knows yeah. she needs to say <laughs> for that scene. That's what it is. It's like yeah. she knows what's coming next. I will say so they were on Watch What Happens uh the day of the premiere. Oh, um, yeah. Which was so it? fucking annoying. I like remember. why would you put and Michael he was there? Behind the bar and I was yeah. like, why did she get to showcase this predator? Like yeah. they they broke up with it and I know that the talent gets more respect than But the, how do you think the producers and the cameraman feel yeah. like I mean, one of them and one like, of their... how do you get away with that in this day and age mm-hmm. to be honest so they were on they talked about how recently there were pictures of michael at a bar talking to a bunch of women or something like that oh, and somebody dear. posted a video whatever and they kind of said they had a very it looked like a very planned answer but i think something that they're running with now which was that they both like to go out and have a good time and they just trust each other to know that nothing is going to happen that the other person doesn't know about because the whole thing last season was that Ashley was upset that Michael didn't tell her. But I guess the new thing with their marriage that they're really talking about is they have an open relationship and they go out and Ashley said she also likes to have fun outside. So it seems like that's their thing now. We're like, now Ashley's washed her hands of it to say, you can't bring this up as a storyline for me anymore because I'm already getting ahead of it to tell you that my husband does like to go out and grope people on and off my place of business. <laughs> and, and we're just going to be okay with it. And it's so gross. It's like, I, yeah. I also don't buy that. Yeah. I also don't buy that. I think I think their relationship started off very interestingly and sexual. Yeah. Yes. And then she had children and told him, you're not going to do that shit no more. Mm -hmm. And he did it anyway. And this is her settling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I don't get the sense that Ashley's feeling frisky. No, I don't. I don't think so either. I don't yeah. think that there's like a sense between the both of them of like, yeah, we're like semi swingers and we like to sometimes go out and pick up chicks or dudes yeah. or whatever. Like, Which was present the first season, yeah, I right. think. I understood they had like a unique marriage and it seemed like maybe that was another reason for why Michael didn't want to have kids with her. But mm-hmm. now that she's had the kids, I think you're absolutely right to say that like she's not wanting to do that anymore. And also, I think Ashley's just trying to stick through this until – the dude croaks like yeah but also i think that you brought up an interesting thing is that he didn't want kids because he didn't want his lifestyle to be cramped mm-hmm. and yeah. i think what they have agreed upon is that you give me the babies i want to have babies mm. because i want babies but i'm not going to let you your lifestyle be cramped so you can go do whatever you want to do as long yeah. as you tell me yes but what is the embarrassment in in articulating that in for us instead of Wasting our time with these stage scenes where he suddenly gives a fuck about his toddler. Right. He does not. He doesn't give not. a shit about his kids. I know. I know. Well, Ashley likes to. Ashley is somebody who very much wants to control the narrative that is being told about her. Without the like controlling the narrative aspect of it, I suppose you wouldn't remember that Ashley's a pageant queen. Yeah. If you didn't, because mm-hmm. I forget all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't forget with Candace. I can, I forget with Ashley. Yeah. You cannot when the mic is in front of her. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> happy birthday. She's like Luann. She will sing happy birthday at any moment. Yes. No birthdays. It's a funeral. Nobody was born. She's singing happy birthday. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, 
And then, of course, they have this dinner, and we see a lot of Giselle and Robin talking shit about Wendy. But before we get into that, I want to talk about Robin, because she brings up this thing at the dinner about what clearly she's defining as her depression. Everybody except for Giselle seemed, like, pretty concerned about her. And Giselle was, like, kind of being a dick. Like, this is your best friend. She was not being very nice to Robin about her depression. So here's where my Giselle apology will kick in. Okay. All right. I don't think she was being any more fucked up than she would be to anybody else. I don't That's think true. That's we, true. We, yes. we saw her awkwardly giggle when her daughter failed her test <laughs> on camera <laughs> while the twins were trying to stifle guffaws. That's true. That is true. You I think a- that Giselle is somebody who speaks very frankly. Mm-hmm. Girl, now, my problem is that Giselle is so male-centered. Yes. She's thinking about Juan thinking it's attractive. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that was a bad friend. I think that was a friend who communicates the way she does, but has internalized misogyny. Internalized oh, that's a misogyny. great, great. That was an excellent analysis of what the issue is with Giselle. You bring up a good point in that Giselle, when when she talked like that to Robin, they're like, the way Karen looks at it is no one spared, not even Robin, her best friend, worth right. royalty loyalty right but the other flip side of it is that Giselle is the same regardless who, yes. who she is talking yes to. it comes down to intention and I think Giselle's intention in that moment is that Robin don't fuck this up this is a good deal he has a job he's bringing in a paycheck I worked to make sure that this happens. Don't fuck this up. And you want this. And it's something that Robin wants. And she's like, Exactly. You want this. She's getting her girl girl together. Yeah. Yes. She's she's getting her girl together. Like, I thought that was so strange. I was like, you don't see how they talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Like, that's remember, true. Remember, yet yeah, last year at the dinner, she, Robin turned her. Yeah, like, she did. I don't remember what it was about, but Robin corrected Giselle. Yeah. And Giselle's only issue was that don't take another girl's side. It wasn't how you talked to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Just Robin said to Giselle that we never see Jamal. Yeah. That's what yes. the conversation was. Yes. She even she said, yeah, we never actually see Jamal, but like you can bring him around. And even Robin this season was like in the beginning of the season said, Giselle's house looks like shit. Yeah, I think again, I think the the general response to that has it's just because no one likes those two, so they want to see mm. a rift between them. Mm. I'm I'm sure Giselle has said worse to Robin. I'm sure Robin has said worse, <laughs> said to, worse Giselle. to Giselle. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a true friendship there and they don't really care what they say yes. to each other. It may seem out of place in this bigger group of friends, but between the two of them, they understand where they're coming from. And I think that Giselle has more than proven her loyalty to Robin over the course of this series. Even I mean, we she's still moving... maintaining that Juan loves Robin and they're going to get married. So that's like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they'll get married, but I do think that Robin and Juan love each other. I'm not sure if it's like, you know, young puppy love or whatever. I think that they've settled for each other, but I don't think settling for each other means not loving each other. 
Can I say that? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's kind of like when we watch Robin and Juan together over all these years. And fucking Juan Dixon is like, I think it's unattractive that you wake yeah, up Yeah, I think that's a dickhead thing to Yeah, say to okay, well, I think it's unattractive that you cheat on your fucking wife, dude. Hello? And, like, that's what I think is unattractive. But then also, like, over the years, Juan and Robin, I don't feel like a chemistry between them. Like, I don't think they either of them are necessarily that sweet to each other or whatever. So I think even that relationship between Robin and Giselle, which you bring up such a good point, is, like, they're kind of dicks to each other, but that's their dynamic. I think Robin mm. is also used to that, like, she, not, I don't want to say used Aggressive to it because it sounds talk. like... Like, yeah, used to it sounds like she's, like, used to, like, abuse. But, like, it's not that. I think that's just her vibe. Like, she's like, this is just how I am with my people. uh, I don't know what else to call it, but tomboy energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gives yeah. me like a she's lot chill. of like, she's chill. I hang with the boys. Yeah. I chill. Very I talk chill. with the boy. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm sure that things Juan says to her are, are not nice and he's less than romantic, but I'm a person who's not particularly romantic either. And I just feel like maybe Robin's just not romantic. Like if you did something sweet for me, like propose at a party in front of all my friends, I would be so uncomfortable. Like what the <laughs> fuck? This is not sweet. I would be like, what? Why are you showing people you give a shit about me? We have kids. That's evidence. Quick slap me across the face in front of everybody. Yes. <laughs> And, and maybe that's a low self-esteem issue or whatever, but, like, would, it's uncomfortable. Like, I didn't grow up in an so affectionate family. I'm like, such an opposite. I'm such an opposite. When it's you love opposite. romance, girl? I love romance. And I get me too. none of it. So my, husband, love- my husband is exactly like your, you. He doesn't quite understand why. Yeah, I'm like, why don't do I talk that? to you what? every day? You should get it. Yeah. I say hi. I, I say good morning. You. I I wouldn't have a kid with you. I wouldn't exactly. be living with you. Isn't this obvious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I. that's what a roommate would do. That's yes. What I <laughs> no, but I don't want to. So I was, I'm like, Arthi, I like need a lot of affection. My love language is like words of affirmation and a lot of physical affection. But, okay. And my husband is the complete, he's like, he's like Arthi's husband. He's like you, Ray. Like, he's like, I don't need to talk to you about my feelings all the fucking time. It's weird. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I will talk to you about my feelings. I'm still crazy, but I won't. <laughs> Hug and you and emotion, I won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna like but not in the romantic feeling. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. wine and dine you. Yeah. 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 So my I think husband, you would talk we, about all other feelings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have no problem trauma dumping, being angry for no reason. All of that. <laughs> that's not the feeling. That's not the feeling yeah, that yeah. Nora is talking about. <laughs> my husband because he's like that I've actually now become the type where if he for some reason wants to be complimentary to me now I'm like you're what like, is happening are you cheating yeah. on me like why are you doing this what did like, you do what, what did, did you, you do what were you who did you talk to who did you text <laughs> so I can see that Robin is like that and you know she's got like boys in the house yeah. like I grew up with brothers I've got two sons okay. like it is yeah. I understand. And Juan that. is such an alpha male, maybe not in an actual sense, but this is a professional athlete. I know. Who coaches. Uh, yeah. around it and their sons time. play sports. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I don't know. I I just get tomboy energy off of yeah. them. I don't really. Yeah. I mean, aside from Karen, who I think deserves to have it pointed out that her husband actually said on camera he doesn't love her because mm-hmm. she likes to weaponize her marriage. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's incredibly cruel to walk around telling people their man don't love them. I just know. You, yeah. I don't know. I just think that that's like a really... So even if Juan doesn't love Robin, I guess we could talk about it because we're viewers of a TV show and these are characters. But like, fuck Michael Darby for saying that. Everyone in the world has the right to say the same exact about you. Yeah. You know? Even though you married her, we saw you be a dick about a post-nup for two seasons. Mm-hmm. That she had to live in a separate apartment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just, I Maybe I just feel protective of those green-eyed bandits because I love <laughs> them so much. But I genuinely, I do think it's very cruel to walk around talking about people's husbands don't love them. 100%. And, you know, with Giselle trying to imply, I, I don't think that Giselle, Giselle says herself she doesn't believe the Eddie rumors. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a very cruel thing to walk around repeating that the internet believes that this woman's husband mm-hmm. doesn't love mm-hmm. her, that he would yeah. be cheating on her and having a baby with a white woman. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, you don't tell a black woman that her man had a baby <laughs> oh with a white God. woman on her. <laughs> Oh, dear God, that is evil. And so I don't like that this cast likes to attack marriages. Not because I think marriages are particularly sacred or anything. Just like the cruelest thing you can do to somebody is to tell them the person they love the most in the world don't feel the same. Also, you can score points. And then to throw the misogyny that they throw on top of it. I don't know. It's just fucked up. You said that Karen likes to weaponize her marriage. Mm -hmm. It's not just the fact that Karen is married and she weaponizes that. Giselle is divorced and still weaponizes marriage. Yes. The fact I that you need a man. And the, yes, the, the, I hate it the, so the much. Single, and then she picks on single women for and both Giselle and Karen pick on the other single women for not having a man and not having yes. a marriage. So it's like marriage and the fact it's, that you may or may so not weird. need a man. It's so weird that at the same time, Giselle doesn't need a man and she's a strong woman. But mm-hmm. Robin needs a man and Karen says she needs a man. She's strong only because she has the man. Yeah. So it's like a whole bunch of different things. They've that all is bought like, into this old school notion of female value or woman's worth. Yes, but only when they choose to be. But when Giselle doesn't. Giselle I don't think it's Giselle's that choice to be single. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But if, if you Giselle talk to her about it, she'll be, married, be like, she'd be married. Yes, hundred yeah, percent. What am I supposed to say? If I'm single, but I don't want to be single, but I don't want to lose in front of these people who hate me, I'm gonna tell you, I'm right. happy with what I got. Right. You know, I don't necessarily think that the storyline with Jamal was fake. I just think that Giselle accelerated the situation so that she has something to present on TV because mm-hmm. having a husband matters to her. I think Giselle would have married Sherman. And I think that that's the resentment she carries yeah. for caring. But she don't right. want to bring Sherman up on yeah. TV. So she won't articulate. I'm still mad at you for this. So now it's everything I, else. I'm sure I, the other stuff is built on top of yeah. it. But I think she's that's why she hated Monique. She'll never forgive Monique. Mm-hmm. That's why she was like, get Monique off the show. We got a chance. Mm-hmm. Because of that, I think she's mad at Karen for that. The same way that Karen is mad at Giselle for bringing up the taxes, but she don't want to bring up the taxes, taxes. again. So she's <laughs> she brings gonna up say something else. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, you guys, yeah. this is such an incredible breakthrough that these women are actually mad about the thing that they're probably the most embarrassed about. Yes. But they won't yes. talk about it. So they bring up some nonsense. Like Karen is says to Giselle, I want you to apologize for using the word death, which she never used. Giselle never said death. 
She never said it. So she never used it. So how can she? It's the, it's the, and she wrote a big Instagram post about it too. I'm like, that I don't think she's even still mad. I truly don't even think she's still mad. I think she's overperforming for the audience. The the Kenya Moore effect. Correct. Get into an argument with, with, Kenya or Giselle, and suddenly you're a fan favorite. What did yeah. Karen do last season other than not go along with Robin and Giselle right. and Wendy? Nothing. And right. that's the Nothing. thing. And I think Karen got a lot of a lot more fans last season for not taking Candace aside. I think yes. that she saw that Candace is hated, universally mm-hmm. hated by everybody. And so she decided, let me get to now be on Monique's side. Because yeah. it'll just give me, you know, I, I'll be the contrarian in this situation yes. and, and I'll get that, time. And that is also part of Wendy's attraction to Karen, in my opinion, this mm. season as well. Why are you coming out the gate going after her? Yeah. yeah and that's why I will be a Karen Stan because I think she <laughs> knows how to play this game. She just knows how to play the housewife game. I don't even think she does, though. And I feel like, first of all, Karen is always late. Like, she's never on the right side on time. She's just on time enough to buy the reunion. Do you I get what I mean? Design, yeah. I think by design, she just slips in at the very yeah. last minute into the other season. <laughs> because it's easiest to do that. Even yes. this whole situation yes. with Karen and Wendy. Like, so Giselle and Robin are truly being cruel by talking yeah, about Wendy this way. So I do think mm-hmm. that, I think, Ray, you'll agree with me because we've talked about how I think pretty much, I mean, you dislike Wendy for a special reason because you bring your own Nigerian baggage to it. Yes. <laughs> stresses me out like all the Nigerian aunties she stresses me out but I know that girl that girl's annoying as fuck but I think that you'll agree that like what the women are talking about at some points they might be right right in saying that Wendy is being different than what she was last season, yes. essentially. But what they're yeah. saying that's a fact. is that's but a whole fact. That's a fact. It's definitely true because she's coming in too hard, being too much of a tired forward. She opened the season <laughs> pretending to be naked and dancing awkwardly. Are you mad? I noticed. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's right. crazy. Yeah. That's and- crazy. And then I think I could be wrong, but my assessment of the whole picking on Mia thing was she was resentful that at her titty bot mitzvah. Yes. whatever yeah like Mia was like oh I got titties too like that yeah. was like a weird I don't mean to be intense but I think that Wendy is so deeply insecure I think that mm-hmm. she is yep. somebody who's been raised to seek external validation via yep. academic performance and then career performance and realizes now that she's a woman on a frivolous reality tv show that that might be more fun and wants to pursue that yes. mm-hmm. but does not know how to do that and in a way that feels authentic because she was never being authentic. I don't mean that in a malicious way. I think that if you're somebody who has to toss around how many degrees you got all the time, you're somebody who doesn't see value in you other than those things. You know what I'm saying? I don't be talking around that I'm an Emmy-nominated television writer and conversation. <laughs> I'm such a dork. Oh, I'm that sorry. was a drop. Like that oh was so good. My but, but like, but I like know, how if, you slipped it in. No big deal. No big big deal. deal. But if I was somebody who brought that up, bitches like you address me as Emmy nominated. (laughs) We will. You would think I was a loser. You would think I was a loser. You would think I was a loser. You would rightly think I was a loser. And I think if I responded to that, 
by instead of pulling back just a little on the name dropping or whatever, and still was myself and started being like, oh, here's my half top. I don't want to slut shame. That's not my interest or anything like that. Please get your titties and your ass done. But like, it's the only thing I talk about. It is valid to be concerned that Mm -hmm. something happened to how I perceived myself in response to the general public. What I think is cruel is to try to attribute that to Eddie's cheating rumors. That's evil. It's not only just evil. It's very misogynistic. Oh, her man don't want her. That's why she bought titties. Fuck you. Fuck you. I was offended for Wendy in that, listen, I have a lot of baggage and Mm -hmm. a lot of issues for me to feel insecure enough to get these titties. Yeah. Hello? Do not say, don't have enough of this. Why do I need Eddie (laughs) to be insecure? That's how I felt. Like, That's hilarious. That reminds me of a joke I I used to do. I still do it a little bit, but it's like, yeah, this guy dumped me. He told me that he thought I had daddy issues. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm a strong woman. I broke me by myself, okay? I have my own damn issues. Yes, exactly. I have my own homegrown, self-grown, self-inflicted issues. That yeah. has nothing to do with my daddy. Don't bring a man in here. That's all yes. I say. Yeah. It's like, That's so the part that even I if they, offended about. Yes, yeah. but it's like, even if they had, I don't think it should be criticism. I should. I think it should be an observation. What's it to you that Wendy's titty forward, unless you genuinely care about her, let her look stupid on TV. That's what I would have mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Also, I wouldn't bring my worldview, which is that it must be about a man because I'm insecure mm-hmm. about men. So obviously mm-hmm. any insecurity a, a valuable woman has, mm-hmm. has to be around mm-hmm. a man too. That yeah. was Giselle's baggage. And I don't yeah. think Robin approached it from that angle at all. Robin no. was mostly just being like, bitch, you naked and it's weird. <laughs> I, you know, even Robin wasn't even even ta- so worried about Robin wasn't even talking about the bitch you, you're naked and it's weird or Eddie Robin was mm-hmm. just like this is just a new person who's like coming off colder than you were last season and it's possible that Wendy is coming in to every and, and we've seen actually that Wendy comes in to each gathering in her whatever outfit she only wants to talk about her butt she only wants to talk about her titties which is fine if I spent that much money and I look like that I probably would want to talk about it too but Robin who is usually wearing old navy athleisure is not interested (laughs) in your titties and your butt and have we ever seen Robin in a gown besides reunions like very rarely yeah so Robin is probably coming from that sense of this is just a different personality. And, and I, I do like think it. that Wendy held her own. She did a great mm-hmm. job at the she dinner did table. very good in that Addressing Giselle, talking about it from the sense of last year. Especially I when she wasn't her. prepared and they yeah. were. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. I think she did awesome. It was impressive that she was able to say all that and so calmly. Like yeah. she was prepared. She was expecting it. She, she yeah. didn't know it would come, but she was expecting not from Giselle in particular, but from the general audience the and everybody. Yeah, because yeah, she yeah. Was Expo- she was expressing a different part of her persona. Yeah. But it also felt a little bit like she was convincing herself mm. of that. Like there was something insecure about herself that yeah. she was in her way talking to herself that I define my sexiness 
you don't like she sure. needed to yeah. hear herself say that and acknowledge it she it's possible that she was trying to convince herself because it's possible she has had these conversations with herself in the past yeah. because if she was wanting to get a boob job or wanting to get a brazilian mm, butt lift sure. i wouldn't be surprised if somebody like wendy like sat eddie down and was like okay here's the reasons i want to do it and do you mm-hmm. think this is stupid and here's what i'm thinking like she seems like somebody who is very like she's constantly thinking about the shit that she's doing which is smart in real life but but on a TV show yeah, like Real Housewives of Potomac, it comes off like a tryhard and it can be yeah. off-putting to the viewers. And I understand that. The viewers but, don't know. get it because yeah. it's something I talked about in the last episode is that Wendy has all of these facets to her personality that all of us have. Mm-hmm. But Wendy is switching between those facets too fast and too hard. Yeah. And that is confusing the audience. Yes, and, that's true. I think we, yes, Giselle that is so important. and Robin yeah. are coming at it as if they are the audience instead yes. of the characters. You're so right. That yeah. is so important because, yes, we need to also keep track that this is an edited show. And so we've been given a character. And mm-hmm. now suddenly the character that we, or not me, but mm-hmm. some people grew to love, mm-hmm. <laughs> is behaving out of character. Yeah. yeah. And we don't have an explanation. Right. Yes, this is Giselle's commitment to story look at you Um, but but also you know you you're a Giselle apologist and you don't even know make me a Giselle stand when I try to come at at it from Wendy's standpoint and all of a sudden she's like no you're team Giselle listen there's a bunch of brown eyed bandits on this show right now (laughs) what happened I was wearing team Wendy t-shirt and all of a sudden I look in the mirror and it says team Giselle no, no, no. Listen, listen. I think we should all be team Wendy this episode. I think we should yeah. all be yes, team Wendy yeah, this yeah. episode. Because ultimately, no matter what they intended, they were extremely cruel and they made that woman cry when I have never seen her yes. cry. She would strike me as somebody who would be willing to do so on camera. And here's so, where Queen Karen came in. Okay, oh, her, please. Okay, you, I don't Simon, buy it. No, don't no, buy it. Simon if, found If her it wasn't Giselle who said it. I'm yes. a scholar who said it. Karen would not have given a fuck. Yes. But here's the thing. What she? I'm yeah. talking about the player Karen, okay? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the player Karen knew. She saw the assignment. She saw it opening. Okay, and she enough. slid right in. She has Wendy sure, for at least a couple of seasons in her corner, okay? That's true. <laughs> That's true. true. I do think that there's in that scene, though, I feel like and this is just like maybe this is my own personal immigrant child baggage. But I feel like when Karen sits down and starts to talk to Wendy about it and she says, if you're dressing for her, change your fucking clothes. I loved that. That was like a really great line. I thought that was so great. If you're dressing for her, change your fucking clothes. I loved it. She's holding her hand and she's looking into her eyes and she's having this really great conversation. And I felt like maybe in that moment, the reason why she started to cry is because Karen was likely giving Wendy a tenderness that she probably doesn't get from her mother. Not because mm. her mother is not a love, like doesn't love her, but just because that's not a love language that immigrant parents, especially immigrant yeah. mothers, naturally mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm. So for yeah. Wendy to have that moment where Karen's like, you can be mm-hmm. whoever the fuck you want to be, I think that like that's probably also why Wendy started crying and I was like oh shit because it was super moving I mean it was moving I I thought I was like sometimes 
as as phony as I thought that that exchange, I don't think the words were phony. I think the motivation was phony. Mm -hmm. But if we remove my cynicism about her motivation, those are things that I would want somebody to say to me. Like even remove the context of the scenario. Like I I would love affirmations like that in the mirror every morning. For sure. Yes. When Karen was holding her hands, Wendy did not shed a tear and she cried more in that scene than Lisa in a single tear coming down at the reunion. <laughs> did you not feel the emotion more from Wendy? Yes, because absolutely. it was so genuine. That well, Wendy, yes, was, Wendy was any really, person, really yeah, any hurt. Person, any person really crying would be too embarrassed to cry on camera, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Unless she's Shannon Bedore right. and fully nuts. But <laughs> Rinna had only a single tear. Uh-huh. It, it would have been very quick to do away with. Yeah. She let it come. Oh my God. <laughs> it went all motion. the way down, 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 down. <laughs> so, it stained her shirt. That single fucking tear. <laughs> that ain't real. I saw I saw Wendy try to lie and say she misses her uh, babies. Uh-huh. I saw Wendy try and be tough. I saw her try to hold it back. That was like, oh, this girl's feelings were really hurt. And I think also an element that maybe the general public and me, myself, I forget as well. I think that there was a respectability politics mm-hmm. at play. I saw somebody tweet about this and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Mm -hmm. where they're like Mm -hmm. Robin and Giselle are not in the same sorority but they're in the top two black sororities and Wendy is Giselle's sorority sister so when she goes I was looking at her like a big sister this is a whole that's what it was yeah I I noted that too and that's a whole other layer yes because then it's like I don't know the ins and outs so please if you're Greek do not cuss me out I'm just speculating but I'm wondering (laughs) if uh, have you been Greek ever I was in a white sorority don't bring it up Mm. okay we don't talk about that Um, but um, but I, think, I think it was like two black Greek women being mm. like, this other black Greek is making all of us look silly on this TV show. Mm. And I think Wendy also received it that way, but framed it career wise. Or maybe yeah. it's part of it, too, where she's just like, oh, don't sit here and be my big Greek sister trying to say I'm declassing the organization. Mm-hmm. If wow. that makes sense. Yeah. Also, you know what? Like. I don't know. See, the problem is, oh, I'm going to sound like a mean bitch. The problem is. <laughs> it doesn't stop you. Go ahead. No, I'm going to keep reading. What's the point of publicly What's being a point? Giselle and Kenya stand if you don't tell the truth? <laughs> Go ahead. Huh, how do I say this without sounding like the worst person you've ever met? The problem with certain affirmations is that they exist to erase the negativity in the world altogether, as opposed to engaging with reality in certain ways. Yes, she should not be dressing for Giselle. Yes, do not change your clothes if you are dressing for Giselle. Mm Mm-hmm. Or anybody. Or anybody. But especially Giselle. Especially after she violated you last night. Yeah. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Especially after the way she dresses. Oh, especially. (laughs) Especially that she still lets Cal do her hair. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
since season one. Since yeah. season one. Yeah, who since said just who one. said Giselle doesn't want to be made fun of if she's letting that happen? All these yeah, Giselle. <laughs> Somebody lo- said that. That's hilarious. <laughs> and also, I think Giselle has leaned into not dressing well. I think it's yeah. a poor. Yeah. I think it's part of her brand now. Yeah, because yeah. she she managed to look so good when she was on like Watch What Happens Live. It's like she's capable. Yeah. She was trying to change and adapt and fit into the proper fashion mold, and then she said, "Fuck it," and bought that purple couch the yes, purple chair she sits in and ever since then she doesn't care yeah <laughs> i don't think she cares but like also wendy is doing too i don't like she's doing too much and we shouldn't huh, it's not anybody's place to make her small i will never appreciate mm-hmm. that and but there's also like i give a fuck about you and you bugging out a little bit and i mm-hmm. think that karen's affirmations were dishonest mm-hmm. in the sense that Yes, don't change anything to please these two women. Don't ever do that. But also, babe, you don't seem like yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that the correction to the incorrect correction is to deny that a correction needs to be made. And whatever, Wendy may not feel like she needs to correct anything. It's not my place to say she needs to correct. I'm saying that I see that Wendy is not achieving her goal of making herself likable to the public. And she also seems unhappy. And I wish there were a way for her to find herself and also articulate that honestly. And that keeps me from rooting for her in a real way as a Mm -hmm. person who watches the show. I just find her extremely inauthentic. I dislike her the same way I dislike Mia. Mm. But I think what you're bringing up is that you don't want Karen to toxic positivity away to the point where Wendy never stops to do Mm -hmm. introspection to see what it might be about her that is making these women say these things. And it's a shame that Giselle presents it through the lens of misogyny. It's a shame that it came from her at all. Yeah, because then have. yeah, because then Wendy gets to say, "Fuck you, Giselle is a hater. She's a misogynist. I'm not dealing with mm-hmm. this, and I'm not looking into this at all." Instead of stopping and saying, "Well, wait, maybe they're hitting at something that might actually be real." And Karen is just trying to play the game, and exactly. she's like, "I got my in. Mm-hmm. Here you go." And yeah. I think Karen, I do think Karen was being sincere in the way yes, that she I was talking so to Wendy. I think she was being mm-hmm. really lovely to her, but also Karen was like, "I got another." She has friend. her own vest- yeah. Right. And I think that the way that Ascala was responding right. yes. was you know, right. Where it's just like, well, don't reduce her to these mm-hmm. things. I think Wendy was so hurt when she said just, or she seemed hurt in the confessional when she said she lacked substance. Yes. Mm-hmm. That seemed like a real jab at yes. her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when that's been her whole life, her whole yes, life has been her, to have substance so, and not exactly. anything else. Yeah. She's, right. that was, if I'm remembering correctly, that's when she started to well up during yes. the conversation. Yes. She's yes. Like, she said, I had she, no substance. And so it's like when a Scala supported her. No, girl, you can have substance mm-hmm. and be sexy or whatever. That's exactly mm-hmm. what Wendy needs to hear and should have heard and is mm-hmm. the kind of thing she needs to be saying to herself. But then also, I wish Robin had maybe t- pulled her aside by herself and been like, you're my friend. And I feel yeah. you're different. Talk to me. Yeah. But nobody was doing that to Robin either. So maybe they're not all friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, it is okay to acknowledge what how they want to change their identity and say it's okay, but at the same time say I per my perception of what you're trying to do here is doesn't fit with who I know you to be. 
So yes. explain to me. And, yeah, so and just at like that talk point, to me. The friend, yeah. Yes. And at that point, the friend can either say, fuck off, nothing mm-hmm. is the problem, or they can explore it. That's their choice. But yes. they presented wrong to begin with. Correct. So Wendy fully gets to be like, screw y'all, F y'all or whatever. I just wish also there was somebody who had articulated for her plainly that you are being different and I just want to know what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't get to be a conversation at the table. But again, this Public. is a TV show and yeah. conversations at the table are a necessity. The con- That particular conversation could have happened and had a better result if it had happened when Wendy walked in on just yes. the two yeah. of them talking yeah. and she said, what's going on? And they, there wasn't this awkward silence and they yeah. weren't trying, they were, <laughs> didn't tell her what was going on. Are we sure that wasn't editing? It, one, I think it could have been editing, but also two, I think that was also because Giselle is also playing the game and Giselle is also producing and Giselle yeah, also knows that this is a better table. conversation for Correct. the table. Exactly. It's That's why I reaction. did like a scholar being like, okay, girl, now your turn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then and then Giselle says she's not going to talk about it because apparently Karen is a troll, which is hilarious. I love that. I think it's funny. I also think it's true, but you don't get to play that game on the show. Right, yeah, exactly. And, but then also later on, when th- then after that, she continues to you know kind of badger Wendy. She looks at Wendy and says to her, if I can't ask Wendy, a question it's a problem what i was like giselle you don't get to say that but the thing is it wasn't wendy who asked about the husband yeah it was a scholar yeah that's true that's right i would never have responded that way i would have just told them what was up but if i were giselle and karen were at the table and we are going through what giselle thinks she and karen are going to we Mm -hmm. also are not talking about them because what you because Giselle's father saying with six, seven baby mamas, he wasn't being literal. That man knows he doesn't have six, seven baby mamas. It's actually no. nine. Dude, or does ten, anybody nine know? or ten, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> but like clearly her daddy was exaggerating because mm-hmm. he hates the man. Mm-hmm. For Karen to then, you know that like I'm not saying that Giselle is right because Giselle has brought up raised taxes or whatever. I think Giselle's issue is that. I have never lied on you. Mm-hmm. And you ran with this story that my husband or my boyfriend or whatever has six, seven baby moms and got somebody pregnant while he was dating me in mm-hmm. the present mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. because you wanted to side with Monique for fans. And I think that there's a tacit agreement between them. And I think both of them know that somebody crossed the line at some point, but isn't, you know, like we just said before. I think they understand that the the show works because of the two of them going at each other. Oh, sure. And now they become like interdependent on each other. It's going yeah. to come to a point where one of them will have to give because one well, of them will not I succeed. think Giselle's going to give before Karen will. Well, what's Did interesting so? is that I don't know where Karen was. I think it was either Wendy Williams or Watch What Happens, but they asked what who would you get rid of on your cast? And mm-hmm. Karen said, I wouldn't get rid of anybody on our cast because the show is our show because of yeah. each woman that gets to be on it, including Giselle who she fucking hates. Yeah. Quote, the same quote. when Mimi would never want to Kenya fire. Yeah. Karen's existence in the show is, is only Dependent as a counterpoint Giselle. to yes. Giselle. And Giselle's existence is so a slightly as a counterpoint to Karen. That's yeah. where that's where the, Giselle has the fine win there, that Giselle could be a, just as messy with every, but every other Everybody. housewife 
and yeah. doesn't necessarily have to go only against Karen, but Karen doesn't quite exist if there's no counterpoint of Giselle. I, in the show. I think what ends up happening on Rehasas of Potomac is Giselle is clearly fun, right? Like mm-hmm. she's actually a fun person to be around. I want to hang with her. Yeah, yeah. I definitely I want, to hang, want to. I want to hang with Robin more. Robin is my favorite on this cast. <laughs> but I, I, have, I have a I feeling think... she's free most mornings until about 12, <laughs> 12 o'clock. Just show up. There's You could lie down yeah. lie in a couch and watch a movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that when people enter their social circle, even if it was before the show, right? Because these women were actually, they knew each other in real life before the show. I think that people want to be friends with Giselle because she is so fun. Also, she's pretty and popular. Yeah. Those are, yeah. you know, those are things. We're human beings. Yeah. It's true. I think that Karen also probably at some point wanted to be friends with Giselle like that. Likely got burned in some way uh-huh. because Giselle does burn people. And yeah. now Karen's whole thing is when anybody new comes into the group and wants to immediately become friends with Regina George, she's mm-hmm. now the other girl in the movie in Mean Girls who's like, my job is to make sure everybody knows what a bitch Giselle bitch, is. Yeah. And and she presents it in a way of I care about this person getting hurt, but really it's not about the person getting mm-hmm. hurt. She just wants to make sure that Giselle doesn't have any friends. Oh yeah. yeah, but Giselle's always saying that Karen has no friends, and I think it's true. It is yes, true. It is true, and Karen desperately wants Giselle to be her friend, you think and that? she doesn't get it. She, Giselle doesn't want to be, and that bothers Karen. And do you know that? Um, do you know that Karen has Karen really aggressively goes after after Robin a lot like yes. she'll over, she'll all over the time to yep. Robin right and I was listening to their podcast <laughs> one episode don't judge me but it wasn't good enough <laughs> that's one more than one did <laughs> yes exactly that's true <laughs> but um Giselle says that she's the one who chased Robin down for friendship, that Robin didn't really stress her that much, but she's the one who made Robin her best friend. Robin is essentially a lazy person. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> yeah. not a bad thing. Yeah. Not a bad thing. That's yeah. just her personality. She's, just really she's not going to try way too hard to make mm-hmm. friends. You yeah. have to be her friend because she's not going to do all the trying. Uh, she's not going to go deeper and figure out how to hurt Wendy. She'll let Giselle do it. She's not going to bother. <laughs> she's just going to say, what's up, Wendy? Why are you, why are you different? And that's about it. She's not going to try hard to be a villain. Her laziness saves her because she's not ever at the front lines because she's oh sure i was i'm just wondering if if karen is resentful of that friendship since you guys think that she's yes yes because because she's she responds to Mm -hmm. robin with such vitriol which Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense never and i think if tomorrow robin wanted to ride for karen the way that she rides for giselle karen that would be karen's fucking dream she Mm -hmm. wishes that somebody would and nobody does unfortunately Mm -hmm. she had it in candace she had it in candace and sacrificed it for popularity. Yeah. She had it in Candace. She sacrificed it for Monique. Then she brought in Mia. Now Mia is somewhere floating around and she's just glad to find Wendy. And she's like, Wendy, you be my second in command. You be my Robin to my Batman. That's, That's true. What they're building that foundation off of yeah. disliking somebody. It's not going to stand. I yes. know. But I know. That's, that's where I think the sorority sister bond may play off to Karen's advantage there. That's 
interesting. Yeah. It's mm. if you really think about it, it's a lot it's like Game of Thrones. It's all about yes. like alliances and shit. Yes. I love it. So frustrating as a fan because you know, I'm on the message boards and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you'll start to see I noticed that there are a lot of fans of Housewives who have to binge because they're 16. So they're not watching like this in real time. Like none of this feels organic or we're not watching it week to week the same yes. way. Yes. And or they're like retroactively watching something. So they come in standing somebody mm, and don't yeah. appreciate relationship dynamics and stuff. And so I noticed on like Reddit and stuff, people will say alliance about what are supposed to be friendships. Mm. And that really frustrates me as a reality TV watcher because now we can see too much. And I find, I don't know if that's a problem of the audience. Well, mm-hmm. we've had the genre for 30 years now, so we are going to know it. Or mm-hmm. if that's a problem of production who are so invested in dramatic moments that they don't care that we've been totally taken out of the premise of these shows. Mm-hmm. I like, why would you call, you know, Kenya, Cynthia and Candy an alliance? Why wouldn't they just be three friends who agree with each other on something? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like what's happened. I think that's more of a viewer thing for sure. But I think the producers feel it as well by like they get the calls for like when they're Mm going to film stuff so production also gets to decide who gets to film together on a particular filming day Mm -hmm. so i think that production also is involved in that a little bit or like they're but the beverly hills women yeah named their alliance like it's big brother they call themselves fox four or five so it's like they're bringing it it's so corny like (laughs) a quentin tarantino movie you dorks But here's the thing about alliances, right? So I'm thinking what I'm listening to you talk about it. And I'm thinking about this other show that we have to talk about now. That doesn't quite apply because the idiots on Shaz, Mm -hmm. their alliances don't mean a thing. So it's like. Because Reza stabs everybody he's in an alliance with. It's the same eight to nine people Mm -hmm. going at each other. It's like, you know in a globe or a closed atmosphere it's a closed <laughs> closed system where they're just banging against each other and there's no alliance whoever ends up in whichever corner all of a sudden there's an alliance they're all childhood friends with two random people they added to the cast later <laughs> <laughs> so it's like so it's like you can't be like there's not like maybe reza maybe reza but there's nothing that the f- audience can say to me that would make it okay for me to violate somebody I knew when I was eight years old. If I was going to violate them, I did Mm -hmm. it myself Mm -hmm. like Reza did. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm going to tell everybody that MJ's on drugs, it's not because the fans hate her, it's because I hate her. Yeah, that's true. Shaz is the one show where the fights are uninformed by the audience. The fights are more organic because they all just eventually pick up on a thing like there's so much history that if of the 30 years of history there's some shit that they could bring up from 28 years ago that is enough reason for them to come for that person and that's why I love but it Shaz also Shaz. is enough reason for them to to stick around right yeah. like it like yes reza versus mike every other season is tiring <laughs> but like 
It's not tiring the way that, you know, Kenya and Portia is tiring because I'm not constantly asking why they're still friends. I ask why Reza and Mike are still friends only because I feel like the friendship is toxic and you should learn how to let toxic family go. Mm-hmm. I ask why Portia and Kenya are in the same quote unquote friend group because it's very clearly obvious that they wouldn't be there together if Mm -hmm. there wasn't a paycheck involved. And so now you're taking me out of the show when I'm aware that they would have nothing to do with each other if not for this camera. So that's like the benefit of a Shaz or even early season Vanderpump Rules where it's like we've invested in each other emotionally before we got this job. So there's a reason for me to let Jax punish me to the point that (laughs) I'm crying on TV. (laughs) You know, like Jax fucked my girlfriend and we still hang. That's that's because we did coke together 10 years ago. That's why that is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about Shaz of Sunset. So this was the finale of Shaz of Sunset. So they had a CBD dinner. They went fly fishing and then they did a spirit animal thing. So Gigi basically keeps appropriating shit that she doesn't understand. Are they going to do her like they did my girl Kenya? Uh, Mm. Nobody did. Nobody did. It pissed me off. I just want to, I just want (laughs) to say... But Mike finally admits that he is, in fact, addicted to the attention from not, anybody. Not sex. Not sex. Not sex. He just likes to talk to people that Paulina doesn't want him to talk to he because just, he likes the attention and he just likes pissing his girlfriend off. He thinks that's the cost of business. Oh, yes. He that's yeah. the cost of business. Yes. And his girlfriend <laughs> likes that because then she can control Gets him, to too. control. Yeah. Yeah. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but we think that Mike and Paulina have this sort of like transactional setup where Mike gets to feel important by being a girl dad, quote unquote, and Paulina <laughs> gets to feel important by dating a reality TV star. So but Paul- she's like so gorgeous and like but, wealthy. She doesn't I, have well, to. No, but here's the thing. Paulina is, she got married really young. She okay. was one of those girls who grew up super conservative, Jewish Persian, got married really young, had married a bunch a of kids, doctor. married yeah. a really rich guy, got divorced, got a bunch of money, and is now like feeling herself in her. Oh, she's yeah. doing her Wendy phase. She's in her, her Wendy. She's in a, okay. Yeah, in a very different way, but a similar thing where she's now getting to explore this other thing where she probably does like, you know, rails of coke with her gross boyfriend who's on a reality TV show, but mm-hmm. she gets to have that life and that attention. Attention and Mike gets to feel like a productive person in society by being a stepdad to these girls. So it's like symbiotic toxicity. Yes. yes. <laughs> Mike is Mike's his younger brother is married, has yes. kids. He's oh, already he under brother. all of the, the yeah, the dentist yeah. is his younger brother. Oh, so wow. it's like everything oh, is done on some like Yeah. So he wants in his mother's eyes and in his family's eyes, he's a failure in, in the department so of family. So, so Paulina, so yeah, Paulina <laughs> comes in with the ready made family too. So he can say, <laughs> Yes, look, but how, greedy you? how greedy are you, Mike? Like, you don't get to be on TV also have your parents think that you're Jesus and then well he's Jewish so you don't get to have all these things you don't get to be a terrible guy in romantic situations and have your mom's respect and be liked by everybody in your circle on the reality Mm -hmm. TV show and don't piss off your girlfriend 
and get to be the girl that like fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Greedy bastard. Fuck I know. you. I know. All while telling Gigi that like you can't be in a polyamorous relationship and yeah. also be a mom. Like, yeah. like you like what? You chauvinistic dirtbags. So gross. So great. It's so frustrating because so annoying is that they baby Mike in this episode and I'm on their side because Reza mm. sucks so much. Yes. It's like it's it's so annoying because he gets everything he wants and he's going to get more from me, from a viewer. Yeah. And like, and yes. it's like, can you imagine if, and we're sitting here mad at Wendy for titties. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah like, it's so, men are so obnoxious. They're so, all Wendy wanted to do was have four degrees and two big titties. And I am mad at her. And Mike gets to do all this. Yes. <laughs> Now, what do you think about this letter that Reza wrote to Tommy? And should Tommy have read it or ripped it up as he did? <laughs> I don't remember the exact wording. It was like four lines. It was like a green no, card. It wasn't. But there was the way he phrased not mm. getting to see Shams really pissed me off. Yes. It, yes. So that was, said, yeah, it was you it. keeping Shams from you me. You keeping Shams from me. Is, yes. And I said, is the, what? He said I'm something like see- you keeping your son from me. Or yes. something like was, that, yeah. As if he were entitled to that baby. Yeah. Yes. As if he had done nothing to escalate things in such yeah. a way that they would arrive at banning him from yeah. seeing his child. I was like, this man can't see outside himself for anything. He can't even lie in an apology to get what he wants. Because if it means that much to see Baby Shams, and at this point, I'm starting to think of Baby Shams as a trophy for him, not actually yes. wanting to meet uh-huh. his yep. friend's baby. But it's like, if... I wanted to meet MJ's baby that bad. And I knew the only thing standing between me and meeting that baby was me placating her husband. I wouldn't mm-hmm. remind him, you aggressively, you're keeping me, your child, you're away from me. I would be begging to mm-hmm. be given. You know, I would be flattering. I would be complimenting. I just Mm -hmm. couldn't believe it. I was just like, this, the entitlement was gross. And I couldn't believe MJ teared up with that. I was like, girl, what? Like, what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only part that MJ teared up was when he said that it was filled with regret. And so she was like, okay, And that's not even, yeah, that's (laughs) not even, I am filled with regret. If your husband cheated on you, if your husband cheated on you and you caught him and he had, your husband cheats, he has an outside baby. And he's Outside holding baby. this baby in front of you like this. And he's like, Nor, I'm filled with regret. <laughs> I've had a son. <laughs> you would stab him, no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. I would stab him, no regrets. Yes. <laughs> Don't no regrets me. I full know. of regrets. I Don't know. Full of regret me. <gasps> Nigga, you sorry. You better be sorry. <laughs> It's so funny because right hot clip up. I saw um, the watch what happens afterwards a little bit because it was like I just let it play. And he asked Reza, "What did you think about watching Tommy rip up your letter?" And Reza was like, "Well, it was pretty hard to watch because I really put in a lot of thought into what I wrote." I was like, "Bro, you wrote like four lines." <laughs> yeah, he put in a lot of thought to not apologize. <laughs> There's something that bothers me about a man who can't apologize Mm -mm. because I find that I'm apologizing all the time. That's just the way women are raised. I apologize for hitting my desk. I'll be Mm -hmm. like, sorry. Yeah, to the desk I bought with my knee, you know, yeah. and and I'm filled with regret because I told the universe that your wife's uterus exploded. She, I'm filled with regret. <laughs> 
he didn't even say I have regret. He's like, all I'm left with is regret. That's all. That's <laughs> no shame. Shame. There's no shame. Embarrassment. <laughs> I know. I know. They're the best. Regret, and I feel like regret is one of those words that every time I hear somebody use it, it's never about them and what they've done. It's like I regret that you feel that, or I like regret yes. sort of puts it on the other person. Yeah, the person. I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I feel regretful that you right. feel bad. Yeah, regret. You regret the reaction, but not necessarily yeah. your own action. Own action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All I'm yeah. left with is regret because all the positivity you took away. So now it's your fault that I'm left with regret. Yes. Yeah, that's what so, it is. It's putting the fault on the other person. And it's so stupid. Like, you know, I've seen people say, oh, you know, Tommy needs to get over it. Nope. Mm-hmm. Psych. Never. Mm-hmm. No. Never. I don't think he'll ever let go of it. And I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might come down to MJ needs her job. So it might be an economic decision for him yes. to finally let it go. But you don't get to have a restraining order on me mm-hmm. and tell me that you're going to see mm-hmm. my son. Fuck you yeah like never yeah and i shouldn't have been at your house i shouldn't have done none of that shit yeah. that's yeah. true yeah. you still don't get to see my son if i gotta stay a hundred yards away everything that has half my dna gotta be a hundred yards away too mm-hmm. yeah are you crazy and also crazy? tommy paid the price for it he served time in jail he had a restraining order he has it on his records like now Arthie's brought it up like every episode if he gets a background check for a job that shit is coming up so that could also lead to things whereas reza gets to what not see a fucking baby move on yeah go on instagram and watch it like the rest We'll make a fence. You Here. created the restraining order. Yeah, that means exactly. you want nothing to do with me. So yeah. why do you want something to do with my child? Right. Yeah. Well, right. You want nothing to do with exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If I'm that dangerous, why would you want to see my child? Yeah. I'm gonna raise my kid dangerous. Yeah. Next time he see you, he gonna beat your ass too. Right. You know? Yeah. Like Ooh. we dangerous in this whole family. I <laughs> yeah. would hate to watch Shams beat up. Yeah. Yeah. You know that Tommy's hilarious. like erasing baby Shams to like beat the shit out of Reza one I day. think their baby's gonna be beautiful. Oh, I he's, think he's so gorgeous already. Yeah. So yeah, he's really yeah. cute. What, what do you guys think of like, I don't know, where Gigi's ending this story? It's confusing to me that Gigi is quote unquote shown as like grown up and like like the voice of reason because she, she may have done some introspection over the last like whatever year because she was home with a baby and whatever but Gigi seems like somebody who hasn't done enough of that work for me on camera for me to believe that she is now this person who like gets to sit and explain to people where they're right and wrong the thing is she's often right the way she's talking to Reza and Mike she's right about her takes on them but I just need to see more of the work that Gigi is doing and until I until I see her work I don't believe that she's changed Gigi feels like she got the medication just right yeah Mm. so she's functioning Mm. at her Mm. optimal and we haven't seen that functioning from Gigi before so it's sort of we need to see what changed what made that one change she hasn't discussed it she does talk about it a little bit about cannabis but she doesn't tell you how that change occurred what well I'm on I'm high all the time and I am not reasonable so (laughs) I It's, there's something else happening. I was also thinking yeah. about Gigi, though. Like, every season, 
since the beginning of her time on Shaw's, Gigi's sort of been shown as like a rich girl, doesn't have a job. Everybody in the beginning was doing like real estate. Gigi did like, I think like hair extensions. And then we never really saw Gigi have a career. And that was a big part of it because she had her sister Layla reminding her of that. She still didn't have a career. And right. And so the interesting thing about her is that we've not seen her have anything that sticks. Like she had that marriage that was a big mess. And now it seems like the baby is the one thing that has stuck for Gigi for her to well, feel because you can't just hand it off yeah well although a lot of times this season okay she, has Fair enough. she does be handing the baby. the baby off to the nanny yeah she shows up the baby's there she feeds the baby like one thing then the nanny comes she's like get this fucking baby away from me and then like I gotta film for my job right like mm-hmm. but I think that Gigi finally has sort of the same way Mike feels that like he needs to have a purpose Gigi mm-hmm. probably feels like this is her one way to show like I'm a put together human because I'm able to have this baby. Mm. So I feel like maybe that's what's helped her. Mm-hmm. But we don't still really know, yeah, we don't know what much Gigi does. No. The problem with also this like sage Gigi edit is that it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out these two basic motherfuckers. Reza is a narcissist, so yes. is Mike. Mm-hmm. The yes. end. Yeah, like, that's true. That's true. It's, yeah, Mike, you can't keep a girlfriend. We all know that. Yeah. Reza, Reza's <laughs> terrible. We all know that. Yeah. Reza, leave him alone. Mike, yeah. break up with your girl. I mean, she's not. Yeah, she's yeah. stating the obvious. That's right. true. You know? That's true. Right. Now, earlier, we were talking about regret, and I want to know, do you think Jen Shaw after watching the Salt Lake City trailer, do you think that she's going to have any regrets this season? No, anybody who filmed after the embarrassing arrest that she got. Yes. I mean, I'm sure she needed money. It's a similar Erica Jane mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. But anybody who would do all the stuff on social media that we saw her do post arrest, mm-hmm. anybody has no shame. So she has no regrets. Mm-hmm. I think that she's convinced herself she's going to go out with a bang a la mm-hmm. Monique mm-hmm. and even we saw her comparing herself to the Potomac girls for no reason on like Instagram. She was. Yeah. She was like twerking or something. She was like, they don't do this down in Potomac. I was like, bitch, what are you talking about? Excuse me. And you know, she has that weird fixation with black women that I'm yes. aggressively against. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have she um, has she seen Giselle shake her fat vagina? <laughs> Is it fat? That's what Karen said. That's what Karen said. Karen says it all the time. But like, I was like, I've never seen Giselle in a bodysuit. You know, Karen trying to like lower body. I've seen the hip thrust. I, I, I've seen the hip thrust. Giselle does the awkward hip thrust. I've seen it. But is it is it like a fat vagina? Yeah, she's always talking about her cankles. She's talking about. She called her like her. She called her like stovepipe legs or something. She yeah. <laughs> She got her cankles. She's also very obsessed with Giselle's vagina. She mentions it all the time. <laughs> this is the second time she's referencing Giselle's vagina. Right? Yeah. But uh, listen, I can't stand Jen Shaw. If we're talking about this Salt Lake City mm-hmm. trailer real quick. Yeah, we are. I know that I'm on, I'm always on the wrong side of the audience with these things. Go I ahead. Am- commit, commit, commit. <laughs> Do it. 
I'm so I'm so unimpressed with Heather. I am so unimpressed. Yes. I am so mm-hmm. unimpressed. Oh, poor me. I left the ch- I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You're an overly needy friend and you seek external validation in a way that is extremely <laughs> exhausting. You are such a white woman. I can't stand it. And <laughs> White listeners, I don't mean that in an aggressive way. I just mean that when black when black people are with each other and we decide to waste time making fun of you, we picture Heather. <laughs> you know? But I think well, you're absolutely right. I think you're right because when I watched this trailer, I saw, you know, Heather, it seems like Heather is really on Jen's side. A lot of chatter online was like, why do you think this is? And there was a lot of people that were like, oh, well, maybe Heather believes Jen, whatever. Maybe she's writing it. for whatever. First of all, I think that we could come up with a million reasons, but Heather is also a viewer of Bravo and Housewives for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Heather knows oh, that she, Jen she Shaw. That? Yeah. Oh yeah. She knows Heather knows that Jen Shaw, especially after the arrest is going to be getting all of the screen time. So what okay. is Heather going to do? Heather's probably okay. going to film as much as possible with Jen Shaw. On her Rinna shit? Yes. I think but Heather doesn't think she's a Rinna though. I don't know. She that presents Heather herself like a, trying. She's she presents trying. herself like a not Rinna, but mm-hmm. I think yes. she is navigating like a Rinna right like, now. Yeah. Because Heather, I don't know how she did it truly. I watched the same season everyone else watched. And mm-hmm. I was like, how do you not see that this woman is a nut job? And <laughs> See, we didn't actually. We both loved like, Heather. Heather. And it's really? not that we didn't see that she was a nut job. It's just that there was a lot of like in- anxiety and like a lot of feelings that we related to. I just dismissed that as white, man. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and I and I don't I'm not listen, I'm not one of these people. She's like, what? That's white. That's what we get. <laughs> Yeah, because that's some Shannon like, Bedore shit. Yes, because, and I hate Shannon Bedore. Like, my thing is, like, why are you so needy? Why yeah. are you so needy? Yeah. And maybe that's the baggage I bring. Because yeah. if I were needy, no one would attend to my needs. Yeah. I'm a black woman. Mm-hmm. Nobody right. would have the same sympathy. It's like, Heather is just so needy. Like, even that that scene in the season finale when they were fighting, and then she's like, I just want you to let me. Something so stupid. Yeah. I was like, this is such a scene from Full House. What is this dork doing? <laughs> I didn't I like what are we doing like what are we doing like why are you begging this bitch to be here like this was so weird it's like let me fight for Two you completely yeah. different heathers because the heather we were watching yeah. is somebody mm-hmm. came from an oppressed community yeah oh. the first time seeing freedom and I threw that away that. it's like I threw that away when she started on her I'm a good person because I suck black dick journey I'm not into yeah. it yeah so I, I mean it's I, true I can see I know that that was a lot of the reaction because a lot of Heather's explaining that she is different than Mormons was associated with her obsession with blackness. And yes, I think that is and, that is can be so off putting for then, black and people. And then, for, and then for her to align herself with Jen Shah, mm-hmm. who is obsessed with black women in a way that I think is extremely weird. Yeah, listen, black women can be self haters, but why is Jen Shah, who's obsessed with black people, trying to wear black women's skin because she's married to a black man, coming at the only black woman on the cast for not being black enough? You could mm-hmm. suck my dick with that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like Jen 
Ben's fixation on black people, and then Heather's fixation on black people, both because they like black dick. Like, get a grip. Fuck the both of y'all. Like, that shit is weird as fuck. Mm. I also think somebody tweeted, when will we acknowledge that Heather's single white female, Lisa, and it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yes, it is true. Yeah. I didn't even like Lisa. I thought Lisa had the potential for amazing villainess, but she's too greedy. She wants to be a good guy so bad, even Mm -hmm. though she's a huge bitch. So she's not ready. Mm -hmm. We'll see what she does with season two. I think Meredith has made the full bitch turn and she's going to be stand because of it. She's going to be like, you know, Brooks is holding her up high and holding her. Brooks is helping, but Meredith seems to, in that trailer, be leaning in. You know, when she's like, fraud? Like, you yeah, know, yeah. when she's yeah. closing the door, Meredith uh, has fully come like, oh, I'm yeah. going to be the bitch. I'm the bitch we stand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Lisa, Lisa has so much potential, but she's too greedy. And, you know, I think she genuinely thinks she's a good Mormon woman. LOL, LOL, LOL. I know. And so she <laughs> is trying not to be a dickhead right. on TV. But right. girl, be a dickhead on TV. Yeah, These we want to see you on you anyway. They saw you selling booze yeah. on TV. They yeah. think they, you think they have you back? <laughs> Yeah. Do we think that Meredith told on Jen to the feds because Jen made fun of her No, no, no. I totally believe that uh, the feds reached out. Brooks just said, yeah, this is the shooting schedule. Where they're producing? Okay. Yeah, this is the shooting schedule. Here, I will bless yeah, you. Yeah, I think it's yeah. or something like I think, that. I know where my mother keeps the, the schedule. The feds have been investigating this is where that they're going for here. eight years. They right? were. The feds- they were. So yeah. We're going to find her one day or other. I'm sure Brooks just, yeah, like Arthi said, it's so funny to catch her on camera. Go get her. Go get yeah. her. You know, I really don't think Meredith did that. It would be very stupid for Meredith to yeah. do that. No, and also Heather being like, why would they know that you're at Beauty Lab? Um, Because they're the fucking feds and you're filming a TV yes. show. What do you exactly. mean? Exactly. Do you think they did not get the schedule when they asked for it? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> How sheltered are you? Yeah. You didn't hear about cops in Utah? <laughs> like exactly. they would go to Bravo TV and say, that, here's the FBI, FBI yeah. case. We need the schedule. You cannot exactly. talk about it. Yeah. The FBI said, hi, we have a warrant <laughs> for her arrest. <laughs> and we need to know where she is. Yeah. Exactly. These are, no, yeah Andrew these are Joseph Cohen was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Release yeah, that information. Exactly. <laughs> and then also... I just want to say Whitney was my favorite last season. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm nervous because Whitney was my favorite because I just think she's adorable. She didn't necessarily bring much except for starting a fight accidentally at Sharif's <laughs> birthday party. And Jen, because Jen's a nutbag, took it way too far. But then I remember in the trailer, my beloved Whitney said, no worries about me, sweet Rafa. I've brought you. And then they show Whitney go, she said that you told on her or something like that. And, <laughs> yeah. then, and then Meredith and Jen are fighting. Jen is in Meredith's face. And yeah. Whitney is sitting back on some Ashley Darby shit. Like, <laughs> go ahead and fight. I say, yes. Yeah. You know, Whitney has a lot of Ashley Darby potential. She does. She, does. She's, she is like the baby of that Beautiful group. Beautiful yeah. and ditzy yeah. and married to an old dude. Unconventional oh, yeah. Yeah. marriage. Yeah. But she bringing a fight. She bringing a mess. Yeah. She no, we, your mess. favorite Lisa, she's going to lead the investigation against Mary Cosby's weird 
church mm-hmm. and cult shit. So that might make me turn on Lisa, my oh. Sagittarius queen. Right. Yeah, that'll make me because I think we should always be wary of like cults and stuff. If my friend is in legal trouble, I'm not going to help the legal process. I'll mm. mention it if it comes up, right? But like, if the feds haven't indicted Erica Jane, right? Mm-hmm. Who am I to come to the show and be like, they say you're doing illegal shit? I would not do that. Yeah. So, what? But isn't it so white girl of her to do that? Yeah, mm-hmm. to be like, oh, I'm going to call the cops on this black cult that yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and, and to get a black dude to do, I don't know. I don't like that. And like I said, I think Lisa's greedy. She's trying to be the good girl or whatever. And so mm-hmm. the great way is to position herself against the cult scammer. And I think that's going to blow up in her face. Mm-hmm. I think there's a weird yeah. faction of people who love Mary Cosby mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So. On the internet. Yeah. yeah. The like viewers. finds the weirdest people. There's like communities liking the weirdest shit. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So... <laughs> Mary Cosby has stands. Also, she's going to have stands because she's the only black woman on a white show. Mm-hmm. Black people always show up for other mm-hmm. black people. But she holds her own. She holds her own. And so I, in some weird way, she's like unbothered by the way, that The fact. fact that she got invited back to the show when she fell asleep at the reunion is... Upset. She's unbothered. Yeah. She doesn't need to try hard. She sat in her closet and, yeah. and made it to second season. I mean, that's respect. I, I don't want Mary to be a fan favorite on the show, but I mm-hmm. think it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to be a fan favorite because I do think the church is problematic, mm-hmm. but I also think it's fucked up for Lisa to be the one to bring that to Yeah. yeah. It's uncomfortable to watch a bunch of white women come after this black woman for her problematic church even though several They're of all those Mormons. white women belong to Mormon churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you in a cult too, bitch? Yeah. What are we talking? Yeah, you signed up for that cult. You weren't even born into it, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I will never try getting you into, unless you stabbed my mother or raped somebody, I'm not trying to get you into legal trouble for a storyline. Like, it has to be particularly heinous. And it's like duping people who want Jesus. I mean, how's that different from anything else, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and all know. of it is the same. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. We're going to wrap up our chat. Ray, tell us where our audience can find you. And I know you're doing stand-up now. Yeah, I'm doing stand-up. So go to Twitter and Instagram to find out dates. Um, Twitter at Raysani, Instagram at Rothfizzle87. And I keep lying to the public that this podcast is coming out, but it is. I swear to God. It's mm-hmm. called Dizziest Be at the Table. And it'll just be me talking about stuff like this and pop culture and oh, whatever yay. man I'm angry oh. at that week. Um, I promise it'll fun. come before the end of next week. I swear to God. Ooh, I shouldn't have done that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you're in luck because not a listen. ton of people listen to us, so you're okay. <laughs> I did, th- but I told that lie on two podcasts this oh, week. Oh so. no. <laughs> You told our audience it's a lie, so they're not going to be expecting it. Yeah, they're not mad. They're yeah. not going to be mad. Your yeah. audience is the good audience. Nobody lets me break this down like this anyway. Everybody <laughs> else is just like, we just want to talk about Fuckboy Island. I don't know why you're doing PhD level psychoanalysis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But thank you. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Yeah. Well, if uh, for everybody else, I don't know what week when we're releasing this, if this is the third oh, Saturday episode or a Wednesday episode, but we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. I waved like they could see me. <laughs> <laughs>